I want to thank you so much for joining us. Daniela Mestinek-Young is the author of Uncultured, a Memoir. And for anyone that doesn't know what Uncultured is, you only have to look at the book at the title. You see Uncultured, and right there in red letters is the word cult. Now, when you did you stumble on that when you when you were kind of uh, storyboarding the idea for this book, Daniela? Yes, it's a great story, actually. I had come up with the title Cultured because I was working with the idea that cult and culture come from the same place, and I was trying to show that, you know, a lot of these cultic behaviors are all around us in non-cult groups. And then my writing partner one day accidentally called it Uncultured, and it was just perfect because the book is also about my journey of, like, not fitting in these groups or trying to unculture myself from all the programming that I've had in my life. And this is such an interesting story because you're telling your perspective. You, you, are, you are, are a woman, you are making your way through the world, and you find yourself not once but twice in these culture groups that turn out to be more cult-like. And that really is, because I've never thought about this before, but cult is in the word culture, and here we are with these groups that turn out to be a lot more than we bargained for. But what is the difference between culture and a cult? What, what is culture? You know, so I always say you can't spell culture without cult, um, because it does sort of reinforce, I think, this idea that nobody joins a cult, everyone joins a group or a company or an organization, and they always think it's a good thing. Um, my favorite definition of culture is the way we do things around here. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think it goes like so deeply into groups. And one of the things I found in studying organizational psychology, which is, I think people do that mostly to study the good groups, but I'm in that looking at the bad groups, is just like groups are made up of the same sort of DNA. So they all have the ability to become toxic. And the very things that we do to kind of build our tight-knit people-first cultures, those with just a little bit of tweaking can become, you know, narcissistic leaders, toxic control. So sort of my whole point was getting people to realize they've never thought about parallels between, like, a sex cult and the United States Army, and then they'll start seeing maybe these parallels of toxic group behavior in other groups and be able to notice it in the beginning. And that is part of the beauty of your book, because all cults are a part of culture. All culture are not necessarily cults, but as you write right in the in the beginning of your book, the first rule of cults is you are never in a cult. So now we're in this peculiar position of all cultures have, there's a possibility they could be cult-like, but what exactly is that, that red line between the two? So... You know, I think if we go back to this idea that everyone kind of joins a group or a culture or an organization or something for a purpose that they really care about, and I like to say cults do some things right in that they're really good at giving people, like, community and purpose and mission, um, and also why we see the groups like churches or nonprofits or you know, RVs sometimes that also give people this heavy community and purpose and mission can, can go down this road. But what happens is, you know, people are super engaged, they're super connected, and then they become isolated. And nowadays with artificial intelligence, that doesn't have to happen in cult communes anymore. That can happen in our own homes and our own computers. 
And then when once you're isolated, the logic starts to break down just as it does with human natures in closed groups. But nobody can kind of see that the logic is breaking down because everyone has bought in so hard to this group and this mission and this community, and they don't have enough perspective to see outside of it, which is why we see like our real cults are really big on isolating people. But I think people can kind of tell like if they're spending way too much time at their company, at their church, at their whatever it is it can start to become a thing where you don't notice when things get weird. I want to talk a little bit more about that descent into the blindness of rationality, because it does, as you mentioned, it happens so swiftly and so quickly, and you hardly even know that a change has occurred at all. But in really starting the story of Uncultured is your beginning, because when you were born, you were effectively raised into the children of God. And I'm not familiar with this, but this cult was once known as the family. What what else is the family or the children of God cult known for? So, and I was born two generations in, so my mom was also born in the cult, and it it became known for, again, slowly, not, not quickly, but over a period of 10 years, they went from love, faith, and Jesus to religious prostitution, using sex to get people and money into their group, to preaching about essentially pedophilia for God or how you know, sex was God's love, and it was this open, polyamorous society, but it was still all forced and controlled. And so, yes, I was I was born into this in, you know, high-walled communes in Asia, in South America. That's where I grew up, and I literally did not know anything about the outside world. So was, was there a certain point where you realize that what was happening here was not normal? Did you have like a like a friend or somebody from the outside world that gave you a different perspective? So I say, you know, two things. I was born a little atheist and questioner in a religious extremist group. So I sort of just because I was never getting my question answered, I decided, you know, I didn't like this God guy. Um, but then when I was 14... And I was watching live news for the first time because it was September 11th. And I had this moment where I, I call it the crack in the brainwashing, where the adults around me are praising God for his destruction on evil America. And I'm seeing people dying and I'm hearing the words religious extremists. And I go, oh, maybe that's us. Now, it took me another year and a half to get away. You know, I was a pretty young teenager, but that was my moment where I couldn't kind of go back to pretending that I was going to be okay in that group. So looking back at that time now, do you have some pretty clear indicators that you were living in a cult? Like how, how would someone know if they were in a group and it started veering into a cult? What would be some of the signs? Oh, so first of all, if you spend a lot of time talking about how you're not a cult, you're probably a cult. <laughs> that should have been my first sign. Um, I, you know, when a group gets you isolated, right, when whatever your commitment is either explicitly asks you to cut people off or just does it by taking up all of your time. Um, because, you know, this cult use buddy systems to, to kind of, like, not let your mind rest. And another thing I draw people's attention to is exit costs. Something can be all-consuming and passionate in your life and not be that dangerous, but when the exit costs get high, it's really easy for people to use influence to manipulate people. 
And exit cost isn't just money. It can be if you leave this group, you lose your family, like it was for me. It can be if you leave this group, you lose important people in your social circle. It can even just be if you say you were wrong, it's so embarrassing that you lose face. So thinking through like, oh, I think this might be getting cultic or toxic. Think about what it would cost you to leave, and that can be a pretty good indicator. Mm. So that that's part of the reason why cults really put a lot of stock into isolation then, because they're inflating that exit cost of all your friends, your entire world are in this group, and you're really going to leave them when you, you have nothing else outside of this group. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, President Obama warned about this in his last speech in office, where he said the AI is making these silos, right? And it, it was in my grandfather's generation, you had to go off and live in a commune to be isolated because, you know, all Americans would hear the same radio, watch the same television. You could get that exposure that your ideas were off. But now with artificial intelligence, it really is becoming very polarized. And in times of social confusion, people go to cults because it gives them clarity and purpose. So your book is in multiple parts. One is, as, as you mentioned, talking about culture. What is culture? What is a cult? How is a cult-like culture? But the second part of your book really has to deal when you uh, joined the, the U.S. Army coming out of college. You were commissioned, I, I believe, as an officer. And when you when you started that journey, were you, were you hypersensitive to the behavior of large groups? Were you always on the lookout for signs of cult-like behavior? I certainly was, and I don't think I at the time thought about it necessarily as a bad thing. So, you know, the prologue of my book, I have the thought in basic training, oh, I just joined another cult. And that was a little relieving to me because I was like, I know how to be a group member. I know how to do this. And the Children of God was militaristic, but the U.S. Army is obviously different in many ways. Um what I found to be much more surprising was the culture of sexual harassment, rape culture, and the tolerance for that in the U.S. Army, to me, was very parallel to the sex cult. And that I found to be very triggering and did make me very hyper alert to everything. You, you mentioned one of your chapters, and uh, I'm going to use the, the title of the chapter, even though you mentioned that it is a slur, uh, Combat Barbie. You mentioned when you were deployed and you were out on a, on a small patrol and you had a feeling that something was amiss and you noticed something and no one else around you noticed it, but then you were a little reluctant to, to express yourself. Did that happen a lot in the Army? I mean, I think, yes. You know, the, the whole point of the Army, they say you're in the right place, right time, right uniform, and you're successful and you don't stand out. And so if you're not in a leadership position culturally, it does become harder to, like, call things out, even though, of course, we, you know, we want soldiers to be noticing everything, and we try to train in that way. But I specifically remember feeling like if John, the first lieutenant who had trained us, and then the next lieutenant that we went out with, if they hadn't really emphasized to us women, like, please speak up, your ability to notice different things makes a difference. I wouldn't have spoken up. I would have just thought, of course, everyone's noticing this. Well, and it seems like there was the set of rules that everyone acknowledges, and then there's the secret set, but you kind of have to learn of just immersing yourself into the group. Well, yeah, and, you know, those are called group norms. But in 
these high control societies where your whole life is kind of engaged in being in this group, which the army very much fits into, those group norms are very, very important. And the group norm of don't stand out, women break on day one. So we are essentially fighting an uphill battle, no matter how hard we try to play the game. And I really tried. We're speaking with Daniela Mastinek, young author of Uncultured, the new book out now. Uh, Daniela, when, because again, we, we, we return to this point where trying to decipher between what is a cult, what is a culture, how different cultures maybe start devolving into cults. Do you think that between your two experiences of growing up in a cult and going through the U.S. Army, is, is there anything that you would give people as advice of what to look out for when they are in a group setting? Um, yeah, I think it's, it's like knowing a little bit about influence operations. So, you know, one of the great tips I heard about not falling for charismatic leaders is like if you meet anyone and 20 minutes later you feel like you are almost in love with them, be careful. <laughs> um, they're working on your influence center. And I specifically see, think the same thing for the military when it comes to programming or even for companies, organizations, when it comes to onboarding, just being very clear that what you are doing is programming people trying to change specific behaviors. Because the clearer we are about that, the more we can oversee it and do it in a you know, quote unquote, good way instead of having it accidentally become toxic because we don't want to acknowledge that we are programming people. So your your story is not an easy one to share. Uh, when when did you come to the point of realizing that this was going to be liberating for you to share both your story of being at a cult and what you experienced throughout the military? Oh. You know, I, the story of Uncultured pretty much is me trying to run away from my past and my trauma and eventually it catching up with me and I have a big health breakdown and at that point I had to start talking about it and I had to start sharing my story and in fall of 2020 uh, another service woman was killed and it was really swept under the rug and it was, her name is Vanessa Guillen and it was this really big Me Too movement for women in the military. And I had this moment of realization that I could write a story and I could put it all on the page and hopefully make America care about, you know, sort of what is happening with the Daughters of America when we disappear behind these high commune walls of the Department of Defense. And I wanted to get that conversation out into the open because not talking about it is killing us. Could you right now encourage a group of of young daughters to enlist in the u.s military um i think one of the ways we fix it is by getting to as close as 50 percent women in the military and in charge as men um i think that i want any young woman joining the military to find someone who's done it before her and have a very very honest and frank conversation because that is the only way to prepare for what it's going to be like. So yes, and yes, I do want them to join, but I want them to go get mentorship. Daniela Mastinek, young author of Uncultured. And as we start uh, breaking down the, the interview and starting to uh, talk about where people can find you online, 
Do you know offhand, are there any sources where uh, a young girl or woman, teenager that wants to join the military, where they could go to find that sort of networking or that that more positive culture group to help them in that journey? Oh my God, yes. So a friend of mine just published a book called A Woman's Guide or A Young Girl's Guide to Military Service. Her name is Amanda Huffman, and she literally wrote the book that we all needed when we were going through you know, basic training and, and joining the military and didn't have help. So that is a fascinating uh, thing. And then I would also say if they find any woman veteran on Twitter or on LinkedIn and reach out to them, like we will be almost always happy to connect and become those mentors. And that was A Girl's Guide to Military Service? Yes. Danielle, where can people find you online? People can find me at Daniela M. Young on Twitter and at my website, www.uncultureyourself.com. Any final words you'd like to leave us with? Uh, yeah, to take a close look at your groups as close as you do as your individual psychology. Look at your groups and what part they play in your life. And to trauma survivors tell your stories. It doesn't matter if you're telling them to your friends or to the whole world, but tell them because it makes a difference. Daniela, thank you so much for joining us and for uh, having a candid conversation about Uncultured. Thank you so much for having me. Daniela Mestinek Young, author of Uncultured. This interview was originally recorded September 21st of 2022.